Hello, Julie. <laughs> are you hiding? Are you like in the back of a classroom or something? Have you had a food truck recently? Um, I ooh, um, I haven't actually eaten at a food truck over the last week, but I did jump into the mobile sauna. Is, um, does that qualify as a mobile business? Sure, sure. I suppose it does. It was down at the beach, like, and it's mm. kind of amazing the way over the last. Well, we've all noticed it since the pandemic. There's just so many kind of like mobile businesses wandering around. It's like the horses and carts of days gone by. Sure. It's part kind of necessity breeding innovation. But I think there's another part of it as well, which is that for a lot of people, that lifestyle is actually really exciting, really flexible. And it's kind of breeding a lot of creativity as well. And it's keeping things more, more on the edge. And I think for customers, it's really exciting. I've always been much more excited to kind of dip into some kind of street food than I am to sit down in a restaurant. So this week we thought we'd talk about the kind of food truck revolution that's happening. Yeah, I do love the food trucks. They're they're a lot of fun. There's so much creativity. There's really energetic people behind it. And as you said, that's what we're going to talk about today. So first up, we've got Neve Hagerty. Uh, she's got a fantastic food truck down in East Cork. And then we're going to be talking to Shannon Forrest from Ravisi in Clonmel. Let's get stuck in. Right, um, Jack, would you like to kick things off here? Sure. Well, I mean, why don't we just start with Neve? Do you want to introduce yourself? So my name is Neve Haggerty and I'm from East Cork. Amazing. And why are you chatting to us today, Neve? So I was fortunately invited along to this podcast by Jack uh, just to basically talk about my newest part of my business, which is my food trailer and all parts involved in running a food trailer on the cliff edge in Ballyronagan. <laughs> wow, so I haven't are... been to Bally Brannigan. Sorry to interrupt you there. I haven't been to Bally Brannigan actually. Can you tell me what it's like? Yes, Bally Brannigan, it's absolutely stunning. It's so I suppose it's quite different to like West Cork in that you're just on the ocean's edge, so it's quite wild. Um and it's like a beautiful long sandy beach, really safe for swimming. You get a lot of kite surfers out there actually. Like Cully lives nearby, so he goes kite surfing there quite a bit. Great. But Amazing. before you went into food trucks, um, you had a, a, a quite an interesting career in food. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? So I actually kind of didn't really start out in food. I studied commerce and Chinese in university and I always had an interest in food and food business, but from the commercial side. So when I actually finished university, I went into working for a beef company. And then from there, I actually traveled for about two years and came home to Ireland and was working in marketing. And that's when I actually kind of finally got the time um, and kind of had money as well to do the Ballymaloo course. And that's what actually, I suppose, gave me the ideas and the inspiration and confidence that I could actually do something in food. I never really saw myself as, I suppose, the creative person in food. I always saw myself as like the business person in food. And that really just kind of gave me this, gravitas that I could actually potentially do something and that's when the picnic business sort of the whole idea around that evolved and the idea came through um mainly just because I saw so many people out and about like it was last year when I started and you know people out going to beaches walks just general adventuring around Ireland and I kind of felt that the only food options they had was fish and chips and I just 
especially after having done Ballymaloo, just knew that there was something so much more that they could have as an on-the-go food option. And that's where the picnic started. Yeah, that's where the idea came from. And then from the picnics, that evolved into me hosting neighbour food as um, the Ballymaloo connection kind of came through there. And again, that just gave me even more confidence in what I was doing in the field world and gave me like a huge amount of connections through all the different producers and suppliers. And, you know, every week talking to different producers, you just get so much inspiration from around you. Um, and then it was about January this year. I kind of was trying to think of something else to do because the I realized that the kind of the picnic side of the business is temporary. You know, it's it's great now when there's so many people still holidaying in Ireland, but that's not necessarily going to be the case long term. So I thought that I, you know, I needed an extra something. Um, and then I kind of, you know, the food truck evolution in Ireland has just absolutely blown up. And there's many like reasons for it. And for me, like the main reason that I thought it would work for me was because I had I had a location that I thought was pretty special but I didn't have the ability to kind of put up a bricks and mortar or the finance or anything behind that. And I didn't even want the risk of it. So I kind of thought like the lowest risk, the lowest financial obligation was to go into a food trailer. And that's where it all started with the food trailer. And that was in January this year. Wow. I can see how the business brain and the food brain are really interacting on an amazing level there with that story. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds great. Can you tell us a little bit about your, you call it a food trailer rather than a food truck. What what is what was it originally and what is it now? Um, I suppose originally when I started, it was kind of like what I said, it was a replacement for a bricks and mortar premises. Um, and I didn't necessarily see myself as someone that would go, you know, you like you see a lot of trailers that are in a different location every week or every day. And I just, for me, that was just too much. I just didn't, um, I didn't, I couldn't see myself going down that angle. Um, but then, but I actually, sorry, I mean, I mean the actual physical thing yeah. itself. Did you, what did you convert? Ah, okay. So yeah, it's a food trailer. So it's actually a horse box, um, rather than mm -hmm. a food truck, which you can kind of drive and get in and out of. Um, so it's an old horse box, a rice box, and it's been converted entirely into a kitchen essentially. And yeah, it's pretty, it's really nice. Can you give us a little run through of the menu? What's available? So my menu is breakfast, lunch and sweet treats and then a coffee is a big part of what I do as well. So I supply, I'm supplied by Westcourt Coffee and the breakfast consists of your homemade granolas, overnight oats with like various toppings and then lunches evolves every week. So at the beginning when I started in May it was a bit chillier so I was doing lots of soups and ramens and that kind of like nice warming foods and then as the summer got hotter with our little heat wave. I was doing different things like gazpachos or chilled cucumber soups. Um, and basically with the menu, I kind of just take what's around me. I have a lot of amazing people around me that are growing their own veg and various um, foods. So I just kind of see what's around and then come up with a menu from there. So And also everything is vegetarian too, which I don't really advertise because I don't want people to be put off, but it is all vegetarian. Wow. And what's the reception been like for people from people? Yeah, it's been amazing. Like, I think I I suppose I've kind of put food on the menu that I enjoy or that I've taken that I've seen in other countries. Like, I think my travel had influenced me a lot in the menu and also just like kind of the taste that I'm interested in. So 
I think in that sense I've kind of taken risks in that I haven't necessarily put on the menu what I think people will like I've kind of put on the menu what I like and hope that other people might take risks and enjoy new foods and new flavors and it's worked so far definitely has worked and people I think because they've come and they've walked the beach and then they come to me and there's no other food options they have to try something different because there isn't a burger van next to me or something that they're more comfortable eating so I think that's kind of a unique thing that I've been able to do what I love about this, even with this new food truck revolution, is that kind of historically in Ireland, food trucks and street food and, and anything that you're getting on the go has always been not great quality. And certainly provenance hasn't been a very high part of it. Whereas now you see a lot of food trucks coming out that are putting producer led menus forward and it's a little bit more experimental with things. What do you think the future is for the idea of an Irish street food emerging? I think that that's definitely what's happening. And I think there's a lot of businesses and people who are very focused on food trucks and the kind of the food truck revolution. Um, and that's something I actually kind of really opened my eyes to when I took part in that TV show, The Battle of the Food Trucks, because one of the guys in that is Blast, a street kitchen, who's actually based up in Monaghan. And he's um, basically gone into the business of advising other people who are pl like planning to open food trucks and he has gone around the world traveling and talking to food trucks you know like I suppose if you the biggest one you always comes to mind is when you go to the west coast of the states and it's just food truck zone and I think he's kind of working a lot on that idea over here and there's a lot of other people doing it too and I think what it is it's like it makes an adaptable space for people to produce their food because I think with a restaurant, you slightly are more tied to who you are, whereas a food trader, I feel like, can evolve and can be more provenance-based or more producer-based. And I think that consumers don't necessarily mind if suddenly, you know, that, like, toast you had last week was on the menu and something new is on the menu because they kind of see it as something new anyway in the terms of a food trader is quite new so they almost expect to see something quite mm. new on the menu as well mm. I love that the idea of like flexibility so flexibility with your menu but also then flexibility with your location and even kind of like with your customers yeah. as well have you been in any other places or is it just in your usual so I've home? actually just been where I've been and then I've gone to a few events but I kind of I think next year I'd like to challenge myself a bit more hopefully if there's more events taking place or more festivals taking place I definitely like to get out there and even just to like kind of meet new customers because I suppose where I am in East Cork you do get a bit of tourism but it wouldn't be anything like what you'd get in say Dingle um or even West Cork so you're not necessarily I suppose getting like a good mix of like people around Ireland so I think that would be like an amazing thing to be able to do is like with future events being able to kind of yeah get a wider network of people and learn I think you learn so much from customers as well I feel like that's the beauty of food trailers it's so personable and that's kind of why I also wanted to do it um because I was missing that with the picnic boxes was that kind of personal connection with people um and everybody just loves you know like people tell you about foods they love or something that they've seen somewhere else and then they're like you know that gives you inspiration as well so I think it's just that real super connection with people that I love about what I'm doing and would love to get some more of that in the future 
For sure. And you, you hear that a lot from people who have a food truck as well, is that a chef in a kitchen in a restaurant never really gets to chat with the people sitting at the table. So bringing that connection a little bit closer, giving more of a margin back to the person actually making the food means that really good quality food can be slightly more affordable and can be more informative. And that kind of evolution of the the cook or the chef um, taking feedback and actually running with it and evolving happens so much better in a food truck. You mentioned there a second ago about the RT battle of the food trucks. Can you tell us a little bit more about the competition? Did you? Yeah, that was an incredible experience. So there were six food trucks in total. And to be honest, I actually felt like a major wild card on the show because a lot of the other people have been in business for quite a long time and have, I suppose, worked in the industry since day dot. Whereas I feel like I'm quite novice to the game. So I think um, that was quite daunting going into the show, knowing who my competitors were, but it was just such an incredible experience. The people that were involved in it, like we had Eric Matthews, who is ex-chef at Chapter One. And then we had Gina, um, The Daily Dish was another judge. So, the, you know, there was quite like a variety of people and tastes. And even the level of food and the beautiful food that other people were producing, um, like Man Street Kitchen, he's just going up for a Bloster Award with his smoked salmon. And then you've got, who I met, mentioned before, Bloster Street Kitchen. There's another lady from Dingle, Julia's Lobster Truck. It was just incredible. And even just to make connections with them because they're people I had never met but had followed their stories and what they did so yeah I just absolutely loved the experience amazing um we've spoken about the kind of benefits of the food truck business and getting into it so far after your and how long are we now we're in month nine is it you started in December okay so you're coming up on one year can you share with us some of the challenges that you have encountered so far um yeah so some of the challenges associated for me were I think going into something that I've never done so I think my experience might be quite different to other people in that I've never ran a food business um like it's very very different to what I was doing with the picnic boxes because you know I was dealing with a business that I don't know how many customers I was going to get each day um I didn't, and then I also have to deal with weather. So if I'm looking at the forecast and it's going to be a washout on Saturday, I'm like, oh, maybe I should only make 10 portions of food instead of 50. And so that kind of thing was a big challenge for me in the sense that I just hadn't run necessarily like a kitchen or anything like that. Um, and then I think as well, it's just, I think like with the HSE and like everything around that, that was all very new to me as well. But like, there's just so many amazing resources in Ireland. I think that I took advantage of everything. Like, so I just asked so many questions, um, asked so many people like (laughs) what to do and how to do it right. Um, But I think like I talking to a lot of other people who are setting up food trucks, I think a major challenge is permits. I actually am just quite fortunate in that I set up my own family land but I know that that's a huge challenge for most businesses and I think that a lot of people have kind of struggled because they've gone ahead and got a food truck and then don't have anywhere to actually locate their food truck um so I think that's a big big problem um and I think that's actually something that probably needs some work on in Ireland and I've heard a lot of like you know we were kind of talking about that in the battle of the food trucks that there isn't that support from like local councils or even government 
in supporting people to set up food trucks and kind of create a mobile food landscape around Ireland because I think it has so much potential. Um, especially when you look at how rural Ireland is and when you look at when people are traveling around Ireland, it would be amazing if there are mobile businesses and mobile food businesses that are providing just incredible food, incredible produce and everything else. Mm. And um, I think one question that everybody's asking is like with this kind of new explosion, how how many is too many? Like, can there be too many food trucks? I think that only becomes a problem if quality becomes a problem. So. I think if it's the case that people see it as an easy way to make money um, and that they're just, I don't know, selling anything, um, I think that's when it becomes a problem because then it takes away from the overall customer experience because if it's a good experience, no matter whether you're in Donegal or Cork, you're going to associate food trucks with quality food rather than like a bish bash bot kind of thing. Um, so I think that's, that would be a problem, I would say. I don't think, I think if quality and provenance and all the amazing things that you do see and like in what I'm trying to do and other people that I'm following, I think if that was true for other people starting off food trucks, I don't think there's any problem in there being too many. Um, it's just a problem if quality and everything else becomes not a priority for those types of businesses. And I can imagine like with anything, the cream will float to the top. And, you know, if there are a thousand food trucks today, there'll be 200 quality ones yeah. tomorrow kind of yeah. thinking, you know. Um, any particular food trucks around Ireland that you're excited by? Anyone that you look at and say, geez, they've done something really, really good. Oh, there's a lot. Um, well, I actually think Julia, who um, was in the competition with me, I think it's amazing what she's done because she's doing like beautiful shellfish you know she's got like lobster like fresh clams or mussels and it's out of a food truck and I think that's just so like just so cool because it's the last place you'd expect to get pretty like what's kind of turned out turned into quite high quality almost unattainable dining experiences like you know with lobster on the menu you'd expect to be eating in a white tablecloth restaurant whereas you can eat it in a car park which I think is just really cool. Uh, so another food truck that I've been watching quite avidly is Caitlin down in West Cork. And she's just doing amazing stuff in her menu and just very innovative. Um, and unfortunately, I just haven't even been able to visit just because we work at the same times. But like following her and what she's doing is amazing. And then there's like really cool stuff happening up the country. Like again, the people that were in the competition with me, Man Street, he does incredible stuff. Like he'll, you know, he makes his own briskets. Um, he makes his own dry rubs. He smokes his own salmon. Everything that he's doing is just phenomenal. And again, it's like out of a horse box and it like looks like something that shouldn't even be like driving down the street, but it's like producing this incredible food. And um, yeah, and again, like Kwanji, who was in the competition, he's doing a lot of Asian food. And I think that's probably a bit more traditional in the sense that it is street food from its origins. Um, but again, he's just like bringing it to the streets of Dublin, which is just really, really nice. And it's authentic. And I think the authenticity around what I'm seeing around, like even just those people that I mentioned, I think that's a big, big part of, I think that's a big part of those people's successes and why people are following them and why people love what they're doing because it's authentic and because they're passionate about what they're doing.
what's going to happen to the food trucks now when the winter comes and all the rain happens? Yeah, winter, winter is or will you yeah, keep going? winter is definitely a scary prospect at the moment. Um, I definitely, I've seen a few trailers are closing for winter, and I'm going to give it a go. I'll probably just have like very last minute closing schedules, but I'm going to give it a go. Um, and I think, I think the Irish people have changed. I think we've become less focused on holidays abroad and less and kind of living in the now. And I think Irish people are now like, well, if it's raining, it's raining. We're like, we'll go out, we'll go for that walk, we'll get that coffee, we'll eat that soup, whatever it is. They're just, I think Irish people have changed. And I've seen that like all throughout the summer because obviously we've had like bad weather days in summer as well and you know people show up and you're like you're mad and they're like but we we wanted to get out and we wanted to do something so I think that mindset is there and I think Irish people have just become so adaptable and they just want experiences and hopefully some of us stick Mm. around to give it to them there and also, I think it would be important to mention that, Nia, you sell some of your stuff as well through Neighbour Food, don't you? Not only in Middleton, but through yeah. other um, markets around the yeah. country. Um, yeah, so mm-hmm. I've been hosting Middleton Neighbour Food since November last year, so November 2020. And it takes place every Thursday. It's from 5.30 to 7.30 is the collection times. And it's just right off Middleton Main Street. And it's been amazing because... We've had over 50 producers consistently supplying every week. And there's producers, we've got producers coming from Waterford with beautiful cheese um, and then like Nakalara. And then we've got some amazing like meat producers that we don't really get access to in East Cork that are from West Cork, like Skinor. And then we've got Carrabeg. And they've got such like a cult following in our market. Like people will buy their burgers just religiously on stock every week. Um, and then even just some of our like local guys, we had Ballon Roasted Cheese and our Salad Cheese. And then, of course, um, for a long time, we had Ballingaloo Cookery School supplying all of their produce. Um, and then Beautiful Veg from like Kilbrack Farm. So there's just such a massive selection of incredible produce. And then I actually decided to start selling some of the stuff that I was doing through Neighbour Food um, under my brand, which was Neve Larder. And one of the major products of that is my water kefir. Um, because that's kind of like my next goal is to look into that a bit more. And through that network of neighbor food markets, I've also started selling into six other neighbor foods. And it's just been amazing. And it's just been such an incredible route to network. Um, access to producers, access to customers, everything. And even you do get that really strong connection to customers because I have customers actually that have come to the trailer all throughout summer that have shopped in neighbor food and have shopped and like have bought say my water kefir or something and then they decided to come out to the trailer so it's just beautiful like the whole circular kind of system that's been created i think that's great and that's something that i hear a lot from the host too is that you know it's not really just an online shop but it is a food community and it is food producers joining up together with a host and and indeed with a group of customers who are really excited about different new things that come the shop is always evolving it's evolving with the seasons but also with people's innovation so it kind of acts a little bit more like a members club than it does like an online shop would you agree with that and even the fact that i think customers as well 
you've kind of got the buy-in originally from customers because they're people who are passionate about the food that they're buying and they're interested in the food that they're buying. So they'll actually say to me, oh, did you see that new product that was launched last week by X? You know, they're just on it. Like they know exactly what's happening in space. And then they themselves are going to the kind of, in, even though it's an online business, people are going to the physical space as well. And it's just, it's incredible because I think that's where a lot of businesses are suffering at the moment because they can't get a connection between online and physical. Um, and yeah, Neighbor Food has managed to do that. And just, I think it is kind of almost that members feeling and that you're part of something, um, which gives it just a huge connectivity. Yeah, so if anybody that's listened to this wants to check out what I'm doing, I've got social media, I've got Instagram and Facebook at Neves Larder. And then for Neighbor Food, we've got neighborfood.ie forward slash Middleton. And then if you want to visit the trailer, you can come on Saturdays and Sundays at Ballybranigan Beach. Brilliant, brilliant. Thanks. Thank you so much, Neve. That was uh, so yeah, lovely to thanks, chat to you. Guys. You are listening to the Neighbor Food Podcast. You may be wondering... How can I set up a neighbour food collection point in my own town? Our local markets are managed by hosts. A host can be someone in the food industry, a producer themselves, or just someone who really loves finding and sharing great food. The role of the host is to gather the producers, promote to customers, and manage the weekly collection point. Hosts receive 10% of the revenue for their market for all their hard work. Hosting a neighbour food market is a great way to build a resilient local food community where you live. Keep spending local and bring better food to your neighbours. Find out more about becoming a host at neighbourfood.ie or neighbourfood.co.uk. It was really nice to be able to have a chat with, with Niamh down in Middleton. Niamh is definitely someone who dips her fingers into so many different pies and does a great job of it. And uh, she's a real pleasure to work with. So it's really nice to hear a little bit more about how she's getting on with the food truck. I... Yeah, I got to say, I'm really impressed as well by how versatile and innovative she is. Really, yeah, really yeah. Good. And she's really lovely to chat to as well. She's great fun. So we actually have another host in Clonmel who also operates mm-hmm. a food truck. So it seems to be a little bit of a thing. Um, I thought maybe mm-hmm. we could give them a ring. It's Shannon and her partner Declan. And they host the okay. Clonmel market and have done for quite a while. And they also make products which you might know, which are under the name Ravisi. So Ravisi, that's a very unusual name. I wonder. Yeah, super delicious. Someone actually passed me on a jar a couple of weeks ago when I was back in Ireland and it's really, really tasty stuff. So I thought maybe we could give her a ring and have a chat about her intro into the food truck scene and what hosting neighbor food is like. Cool. Let's chat to Shannon. Hey, Shannon, how are you? Thanks a million for coming on with us today. Hi, Jolene. Hi, Jack. (laughs) Good, good to see you. I know our, our listeners can't see you, but we're looking at you here. And uh, yeah, good to put good to put a face to the name. Exactly, exactly. After so many emails and whatnot back and forth. Yeah, it's great to see yeah, you guys exactly. in chat. So tell us a little bit about Ravisi. Who are you? Where are you? What do you do? Uh, so basically, we're based in County Tipperary. We started up in September 2019. Uh, we bought our beautiful uh, vintage caravan, affectionately called Nadine, as we bought her in Kinmare, and that's the Irish for uh, Kinmare. And then we brought her back to Tip. Um, we did a few uh, food festivals in uh, Clonmel, Dunbrody, down in Ballymaloo, up in Leash, where Declan is from. And then we wanted, wanted to get a kind of permanent basis. 
and we uh, set up in Clonmel uh, at the quay in a cart park randomly two days a week and also at our local yeah. farmer's market. So, yeah, it was really good fun. Declan is a Michelin star trained chef. Uh, my background is kind of marketing slash retail slash everything else. And um, we had always kind of from the very early days of going out with one another, we kind of wanted to start our own business. As you can imagine, everyone told us not to, that we'd absolutely kill each other. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, we, we started and it's been a great, great journey and roller coaster to say the least, because we were set up our food truck. We were in business with it for about six months and then March 2020 hit. So we had to change tack then. Well, long? how long were you in business before the pandemic hit? Six months, just shy of six months months oh yeah. my goodness and had you totally got into the swing of things was it was it going oh, well at this point completely um like in the january um katie mcginnis um mentioned us as kind of a one to watch for the year and we were um in another paper the times for like a, one okay. of the best sandwich spots in the country so we were starting to get a bit of national coverage which completely right. blew our mind and being like so young mm-hmm. yeah and then it was like okay we've to shut the shut the door on the the caravan and and what were we going to do next kind of a thing uh, mm-hmm. but thankfully um three elements of the menu that Declan had developed I was kind of I had been in business before on my own in Kilkenny and uh, I thought never put all your eggs in one basket think of different mm-hmm. revenue streams and I had applied to uh, do food academy with super value just at the back, it was in the back of my mind. I, I wasn't really sure if it would ever kind of come to fruition. And thank God it did, because the minute we closed the food truck in March, I was able to concentrate on the jars and try with all my might to um to get them out in the public domain. Yeah. And wh- why did you choose these jars? Were they something that the customers were really resonating with? Or, or what was it? Yeah, that's exactly it, Jolene. It was the menu that Declan had developed and people... Like they'd, they'd finish one of the sandwiches or salads that he had done. And they were like, what was on that? Where can I buy that? And I was looking at Declan going, I told you I need to get this into a jar, you know? <laughs> yeah. So Declan, like he won't mind me saying this. Declan was very anti different revenue streams in the sense of he was like, no, no, I want to cook for the people. And I, that's all I wanted to be. And I was like, yeah, that's great and all, but we just need to kind of, see if we can do something else just in case something was to happen and yeah yeah, COVID happened so and tell me can can we just go back a little bit I suppose Mm -hmm. to the food truck story and then we can talk a bit about the jars like so you were you were kind of in business six months rock and roll before the pandemic Mm -hmm. hit and like for me I kind of think that food trucks have really come into their own post-pandemic what what drove you into that business you know not so long ago but like a little bit before it was on trend yeah why why did you why did you do that very simple answer is that we couldn't afford bricks and mortar and this was it this was a way for us to test the market to see if people would like what we're doing um it would see if it was kind of viable in a sense you know it was it Mm -hmm. was just something that we really really were passionate about we had worked together in um in waterford previous to that we knew we could work together and um Declan's food you know it was getting really well received and we thought right let's do this for ourselves it's kind of now or never 
And um, yeah, it was basically just that, you know, you, you think of a beautiful cafe and a lovely kitchen and coffee machines and staff running around and that it would be so exciting. But um, yeah, it was like you crunch the numbers and it's like, well, we can't really do that yet. So that's when we bought Nadine. Yeah, we looked into that route. And I'm a bit of a, you know, I'm a bit of a um, traveler at heart. You know, I love traveling the world and I went over land for six months from Istanbul to Kathmandu. So the thoughts of me getting into a caravan and traveling around the country with Declan was really exciting. Do you think you can um, make a kind of a healthy lifestyle in this kind of vagabond um vagabond way of business I mean I suppose healthy business lifestyle yeah through this vagabond way completely as long as you're super super flexible and you're ready to adapt yeah it's it's a it was it was a great like my god like we loved it you know Mm. it was it was really good fun because you know you you park up in Ballymaloo and that's one crowd come to see you you park up in Wexford down in Dunbrody and that's a different set of people it was meeting so many incredible people mm. i i really really loved it it was good fun yeah it sounds um very kind of romantic <laughs> um way of, of doing business like do you ever think that there is nearly too many food trucks out there um do i think there's too like right now i i certainly don't do you know what jolene i think people they have to try these things you know there's mm. many as we all know many businesses close so this is their only option or many people were out of jobs and they're like, oh, let's give this dream a go. And you know what? Mm. If, if they're surviving, if they're paying their bills and if they're having fun and if there's mm. more than 50 in one location, but everyone is doing well, like, why not? You know, life is too short mm. for, I certainly think, for people to be saying, oh, God, I'm sick of seeing that. You know, it's it, yeah. it's too much of a negative attitude. It should be like, yeah. God, that's deadly that your man down the road got a horse box and now is serving coffee out of it. Like leave them yeah. off as long as people are happy and it's not really kind of displacing business in a local area, as long as it's adding to like the cultural fabric of an area, let them, mm-hmm. let them be, let them go have fun. Absolutely. Um, this must've been pretty different. Um, you're in a food truck. You're mm-hmm. not in that bricks and mortar mm-hmm. restaurant business. Something that Declan clearly had lots of experience. Mm-hmm. How did he find it um, yeah. being in a food truck? So Declan came from Michelin star restaurants, loads of space, every kind of gadget under the sun that you could imagine. And then we come into this tiny eight by four caravan with his girlfriend literally right beside him. He's like, oh my God, how am I going to survive? But um, yeah, it was literally, he realized what he can do with the most basic of, of instruments, of, you know, of space. And it was really, it was really a, a massive learning curve for him to see that he could actually still do, to the best of his ability, what he could do in a big fancy kitchen. Yeah, so yeah. it was... Um, it was a learning I, I, curve for sure. Yeah, but he had to adapt. Yeah. So in between, we've had the pandemic. You've had your sauces. Are you back on the road with the um, with the food truck now? Not at the moment. No. Um, we so she closed in March 2020, and then we randomly, like last last summer, we were, missed it so much that we went back to our local farmers market for a day, trying to see okay. if we could be superman and superwoman as as like grow the the condiment side of the business and do the food truck mm-hmm. right. and we got absolutely slammed it was amazing but we realized we couldn't do both uh so for okay. now she's um she's tucked up and on a on an extended annual leave for the moment 
Okay. Okay. And you're concentrating your efforts on your condiments. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Tell us about them. What are you making? Yeah. So we have, we have three condiments. We have a cashew chili crush. We have a red onion marmalade with spice port and we have a basil and rocket pesto. If you were to line them up in front of say a food buyer for a shop, they make a Michael, what, like a chilled product and two, they don't kind of set up, you know, as, as a normal kind of, um, food producer like condiment business it it looks a bit of a random mix and I suppose Mm -hmm. it is a little bit random because they were pulled from our our menu you know it wasn't Mm -hmm. like we had put months and months of thought into how we were going to launch this side of our business um but yeah they're going extremely well like when we when we um when we started out we had the three of them available but we realized how extremely hard chilled um, products are to get across the country. Mm. Um, so we have just kept our pesto to neighbor food Clamel because we know our orders every week and we can make exactly mm. what we need for that. But yeah, we started with two stockists in April 2020 and now we're in over 100 shops around uh, across the country. Yeah, so that is that is phenomenal. Well, it, it, it's all down to the support of the, the customers, not only from our local town here in Clonmel, but um, yeah, across the country, like Declan's hometown of Abbey Leaks and in Kilkenny as well, getting into, it's kind of like once you pass county borders and, and spread your wings a little, people kind of prick up their ears and kind of want to know a little bit more about you. So yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so cashew chili, what does it taste like? Other than cashews and chili. Yeah, it's, um, it's got beautiful miso in it. So that umami taste. There's a real, like mm. once once it hits the back of your throat, there's that, that little kick of chili. And it's it's so versatile. You can have it on a pizza, on a burger, on your eggs, on your sandwich, straight out of the spoon, uh, you know, out of the jar, straight off the spoon. Um, and it's both of, both of them, the red onion marmalade and the cashew chili are made with um, Irish rapeseed oil. So okay. we get our rapeseed oil from a local producer here in Tipperary, um, Emerald Oils. Because uh, mm-hmm. when we had the food truck, we were highly concentrating on um, tip food producers' products. We really wanted to use ingredients that were local to us, or at least in the in the Munster region. And yeah, so it's um, it's been it's been it's been fun, and um, yeah. <sighs> fun fun is one way of putting it um i also saw you got a great taste award recently yeah we got three stars in 2020 out of like nearly fourteen thousand entries 200 products um got three stars and little olos and tipperary got them we were literally it was kind of like i was on the phone going sorry what can you repeat that (laughs) and like tears rolling down my face and declan of course is looking at me thinking it's bad news and i'm like no it's amazing news um so that was phenomenal so inspiring yeah absolutely like if you guys can do it it kind of you know anyone can obviously there's a lot of a lot of hard work that goes into that um... jolene you've hit the nail on the head because that the thing for us was like we made the samples in our home kitchen here in Grange Mokler when we had to send them to London for blind tasting. Mm-hmm. Like we had no commercial kitchen, no fancy, fancy, like everything was still at home. And for, mm-hmm. for us to get three stars and, and for some of our some of our friends, you know, in the Tip Food Producers Network, they were like, sorry, what? You got th- <laughs> like what? And it was, yeah, phenomenal. Still is, you know, when you put that label on the jar every day when you're, yeah. sending out orders across the country are like god i really hope there's others 
out there hoping and wishing that it can happen because we're just an example that it can. That's incredible. What motivates you to to drive on like this? That I always want to work for myself. (laughs) Every single day I wake up and I'm like, I want to stay self-employed for the rest of my life. So that that's what motivates me. (laughs) Simple answer, but um, that's the truth of it. You know, I had my first business when I was 25 and um, that, you know, it was great fun for about two and a half years. But but I uh, wanted to travel the world. So I wrapped that up. Then I came back and then met Declan and it was like his, both his parents were entrepreneurs, self-employed as well. And it was like, right, mm-hmm. come on, let's do this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. seven years together and two years in business. So it's, um, yeah, it's going well. Fair play. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty, pretty entrepreneurial spirit. That's for sure. And one of the other facets to your business, of course, is um, the neighbor food markets. So you're a host in neighbor food, um, Clonmel. Yeah. Um, how was that going for you? That, um, do you know what? I remember watching uh, when neighbor food launched in Cork in 2018 and I was watching online going, that is so cool. How can I get my hands in that? Like I wanted to kind of be part of it, but that was back when I was working for someone else and um, being self-employed wasn't, wasn't on the agenda. And then, um, yeah, March happened, uh, starting with the jars and I was like, okay, uh, and and the network, sorry, Tip Food Producers Network, all I was hearing was my friends like losing business left, right and centre because restaurants mm. and hotels were, were closing. And I was like, there's got to be some way that I can help others. And and Jack will remember me being on the phone going, I'd like to set one up, but I'm super scared. And then it'll be mm. another phone call going, I really, really want to set up, but I'm still super scared. And then it's like, right, Shannon, get yourself together now and, and let's just launch this. And yeah, we launched in April of last year um, with great support from from uh, all the other producers locally. Um, mm-hmm. Went to the parish hall, went to my local priest, uh, Father Billy, and I was like, I have this idea. <laughs> and Hello, like, I don't know what it is, but seeing as it's you, go on, sure, give it a go. And we've been there every, every Thursday since. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So what, what do you like about... Um... Or actually, I should say, what, what do you think makes a great host? Because obviously you like being a host, but yeah, what do you think I makes, makes a, a good host? Is it a love of food? Is it, um, you know, kind of being in the food business? Is it about I, I know, think that's, working with your community? What, what is it that yeah. make, makes a good host? I certainly think like the food and drinks aspect of it is a major element, obviously, and kind of either maybe not directly knowing the suppliers, but knowing about them is, is a huge mm-hmm. side of it. But it's definitely a community-led, it's a community-led um, organization. So that's how it all starts. But mm-hmm. it's wanting for me. It was wanting to give back. For me, like I was there looking at places closing all around me, and I was there going, you mm-hmm. know. And I'm I'm a very positive person. Like Declan says to me, you know, every morning you wake up, it's all unicorns and rainbows to you. And I'm like, it kind of <laughs> is, you know, life's too short to to be thinking um, negative. And I just really wanted to help others and it was not only from a food producer point of view but just from a regular joe on the street like you know being in clamel and opening it up on this street where i grew up in the local parish Mm. hall and being like you know what let's bring some life back into the town so that's what it was for me wonderful and i suppose it also opened up the other neighbor food markets um or, or that network for you to you guys to sell your condiments as well yeah for sure because the first yeah. one we supplied was in Callan, 
uh, okay. Aton's one in, in Fennelly's in Callan and that we started supplying that in the March and I was like you know I'm thinking of opening one in, in Clamel and she's like go mm. for it just do it don't think about it don't Amazing. be scared it's yeah. so exciting yeah. and then yeah, we were the yeah, first yeah. one in Tip to open and then after that it was um, kind of one opened in Care there's a new one in Bushestown so yeah it's, it's pretty cool Fantastic so how can people shop with you in Clamel? Uh, so it's through um through neighborfood it's neighborfood.ie forward slash camel and then in relation to our to our own condiments it's uh, revesi.ie is our website where people can um find our list of stock is there i'm glad you pronounced that revesi yeah revesi where does that name come from so um my first home that should have been the first question i asked you by the way <laughs> but let it be the last question okay. <laughs> So um, I had a lot of time on my hands before we were uh, going to start up the food truck. And my first home in Clamel was the King Street Flats. So Re, okay. the Irish for King. And uh, Declan's home is Abbey Leaks in County Leash. And the Devesi family ca- uh, founded Abbey Leaks many moons ago. So that was like paying homage to our roots. But also Vesi is the Latin for food. So it was kind of a play on words for king of food as well. Yeah. Wow. Wow. The kings of food, you guys certainly are. <laughs> Thank you so much, Shannon, for taking the time out to talk to us today. Of course. Jack, did you get all that? What did you think? <laughs> yeah, it's really, really nice. The only thing I wanted to ask you is, can you tell us about the new location that you guys are moving to? Yeah, so we are literally moving right next door uh, from the parish hall into um, an old bakery space. I remember as a kid when that bakery was open and oh my God, the smell of the breads and the pastries and everything. But yeah, it's had a few different lives uh, since the bakery. And yeah, we signed the lease on it there a few months ago. We cannot wait to get to Clonmel. We're currently uh, based in Thurlis at the moment and we've loved being there. But getting back to Clonmel, back to my hometown, a new location, more space, we can uh, reach out to more stockists because more often than not at the moment, it's only Declan and I and we can only make a certain amount we hope to start hiring people and to launch our online shop so yeah and maybe export yeah so we'll, yeah exciting times wow. for sure on mm-hmm. onwards and upwards best of luck with it guys and um, let's leave it there for the neighbor food podcast this week i hope you all enjoyed listening and um, thank you so much to all the the shoppers that support neighbor food each week to neil Fagerty and shannon And Peter Broderick for our music. Jack, who else have we got to thank in there? It's the lot. Thank you, Jolene. You're you're doing a great job. (laughs) (laughs) I'm blushing. (laughs) Over and out. See you next week, guys.